Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. And this is a very exciting episode. This is Chronicle number 21. Hard to believe we've done 20 of these already. Uh, we've got a, that's right. We've got a very special guest. Uh, and it's a hard act to follow up. Our last guest was uh, Mr. Christopher Lambert, the Highlander himself. Uh, but we're very excited to talk to this person today. Please welcome to the show, Kareem Michael Dimashki, the director of new media at Davis Panzer Productions. Welcome, Kareem. Hey, guys. Hey. 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 So it's been hey. a little while. It's been, it's been some time, right? I saw yeah. you. When, when did you come out? Mm, end, end of January? Yeah, end of January. Oh. I think the first time we all met each other uh, was at the LA convention, uh, which oh. is now like three years ago, which is crazy. That's bananas. Or two and a half <laughs> years. Oh, two and a half. Mm. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> who's, who's counting, right? Yeah. So how you doing, Kareem? Uh, things are, you know, very different right now with quarantining and social distancing and all that stuff. How's your life been? You know, things have been fine. Like, all things considered, I mean, L.A. is, you guys have probably heard what's going on right now. And uh, it's been a little, it's been, it was already different, but now it's become much more different, you know? <laughs> yeah. One of those yeah, things. You take it one day at a time. And uh, luckily, you know, family and friends, they're all safe, you know, and uh, just trying to get through it as best we can. You know, uh, things in LA opened up a little bit last Friday, um, like gyms and stuff. I haven't gone to any of that, like, cause it's a little, it's a little strange to still like go to a gym or like, you know, go to a restaurant, but uh, you know, baby steps for right. the next month or two. Yeah. What, what an age of innocence we met in. I know, right? right. Everything seems so different. Um, <laughs> took my car into a mechanic on Wednesday, Wednesday morning. And these guys are all like old school, like they're all over like the age of like 40, 50. And when I walked in, it was like walking into a different time because all these guys like weren't wearing masks and they're all kind of like socially distanced because they're all working on different cars. So like, it was so weird and they're all just all like, yeah, Corona, like whatever, like we don't, we don't care. I was like, okay. <laughs> so the whole time I was there, it felt like I was back in like the normal world. And right. then- I walk out and there's just like masks and all this kind of stuff. But but that half hour felt kind of good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You, you stepped in the time machine to January. <laughs> Seriously. Eamon, <laughs> how are you doing, sir? How's your week been? Oh, it's been great. Um, just nonstop fun here. Oh, hey, good. Do you have an extra guest with you on your shirt? Uh, I have a Porkins shirt <laughs> from Star Wars. Is my awesome. role model Porkins? Yeah, Porkins, I really, he's just, he's the guy. You know what I yeah. mean? Unsung his, hero. His name describes what he is. Yep. <laughs> Kyle, how's, how's your week been? You know, living the dream. It's been, it has been very surreal walking around. Uh, in Pennsylvania, they've done like codes. We're now code yellow in Philadelphia, which I'm not 100% sure what that means, but I think that that means that now, like, any restaurant with outdoor seating is now packed, uh, which we'll see how that plays out. Uh, you know, I personally have not availed myself of that, but uh, a restaurant near the house has a, has now has a window out to the street where they're serving alcoholic slushies. Ooh. The, the legality of that is dubious, but it's a worthwhile product. <laughs> so, Kyle, I have to ask you a question, though. So... Yeah. Eamon's hero is Porkins. Is your hero LBJ? Is that I do kind of love LBJ. One, because on a personal level, he seemed like an insane, like like a literal crazy person. He was okay. known for picking fights with people and then just like crumbling. Uh, but uh, also, he's like uh, the greatest pe president in the United States history, except for, you know, that one thing, which I guess is the Vietnam War. It kind of brings you down a little bit. But, you know. Yeah. Sign the Civil Rights Act. I'll take it. Okay. okay. Very good. So. Do, you, do you listen to that recording of him talking to the Hager Slacks guy? Oh, about like how big his nuts are? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. very good. I didn't want to include that in my initial spiel, but you went there. <laughs> he keeps on saying, oh, you're really wearing the shirt. Mm -hmm. yeah. He keeps on saying like, they, they, cut into the, they cut into the nuts too much. Lifting <laughs> them out a little bit. I'm like, is there a recording of any other president saying they cut into the nuts? I mean, there, there, there mustn't be. 
Well, give Trump some time. Yeah. yeah. Kareem, are your parents going to listen to this? Um, pro- probably not. Or, or not anymore, right? Either way. I mean, either way. So All right. Well, yeah. before we... <laughs> That's right. Uh, before we get into things too much, uh, we do actually have uh, some reader mail that was sent in just this week. Uh, so we figured we'd open it up on air. I have literally no idea what is in this. Uh, so, it's actually just personal mail. Yeah, you, maybe. Sure. Uh, so maybe it'll be stuff from uh, Highlander's, you know, Highlander catalogs past, and Kareem can help us out awesome. identifying it. Ooh, it's an, there's an envelope. How are these rumpling noises? These are great. This is great TV. All right. Here's this. Cool. Ooh, it looks like pa- it sounds like papers. I feel like you're being like pranked. It's like a, a bag within a bag. Yeah. Whoa. Here we go. What is this? We have a CD that is blank. Oh, oh. yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Great. Cool virus. Uh, <laughs> oh, here. Can we see this? Hold it up. Highlander Bizarre Style. Interesting. What is this? I think that's a fan um, thing. It's like a fanzine. Yeah. Uh, that's I've a, seen these floating uh, around on some Facebook pages. These are like uh, characters and comics with yeah. the Highlander people. So this is a printed version of all of them, I guess. There's a that's lot. Cool. This is uh, 45 pages long. Wow. Wow. Yeah. They made those like, this was around like time of the series and like just a little after somebody was making these really these little funny kind of like ziggy type drawings like that for Highlander. So, and a lot of fans are doing things. It was the start of the internet, you know, people making their little like web pages and stuff. And my cousin and I, we made like, we took just like the photos from like Highlander, like, like from like the websites and stuff. We did like little memes, you know, like there was like this one photo of Adrian where he was signing autographs behind like a gated fence. I think he was shooting like Endgame or something. And my cousin, I wrote just like, oh, so this is what it's like to be like famous in jail. Or something just really came. <laughs> and Adrian's fan club like shut us down. <laughs> like, it was like, like, stop everything you're doing. These aren't your photos to meme. Wow. And, uh, yeah, man, it was crazy times, late right? 90s. They, yeah. they must struggle with the modern era. <laughs> <laughs> where every photo gets circulated with 50 different captions on it, yeah, one right. of which is funny. Um, <laughs> we should track that photo down and re-meme it. Re-meme <laughs> it, yeah. Highlander yeah. yes. re-meme. That's right. Yeah. So, Kareem, uh, let's get into it. So, a lot of people probably don't know who you are because you're, like, a behind-the-scenes guy. So, first, we should talk about, like, your role at Davis Panzer. Can you explain, like, what director of new media means? What is that? Yeah, sure, sure. It's pretty simple. When a new project for Highlander comes in, if it's like merchandising, scripts, anything, um, I evaluate it for Davis Panzer and just kind of tell them like if it fits Highlander, if it's something worth pursuing, and if it is, then I explore it further. Um, we have multiple licensors for Highlander because there's so much, um, there's so many different facets of Highlander. There's like Highlander 1, Highlander 2, you know, they're all made under different production companies and the series is its own thing altogether. So, you know, when that stuff comes in, I'm the one that kind of like handles it, coordinates it. Um, also kind of help out with social media sometimes. Um, and uh, what else? Feedback. Uh, we have like an archive. Um, so I love going there and just kind of like digging for stuff. If somebody's working on a project and they need some sort of reference, you know, I try to help them out there. So, so yeah, it's a dream job, honestly. I always wanted to do it and just got lucky. Awesome. What's, well, what's the wildest thing you found in that archive? Oh God. Um, I found like only well, it was like one shoe, and I think it was like a shoe Adrian wore like in Vancouver, and I think they were going to like give it. They like auctioned it or something. Cause they auctioned everything, and I mm-hmm. think like there was that. There's not many real. Actually, there's not much wild stuff in that archive. It's all like papers and. Oh. A single shoe is pretty weird, though. It's just a shoe, which is weird. <laughs> and like when I went back and I was and I looked at like just this like auction list, it was like Adrian shoe, like Vancouver, <laughs> only one. It's like okay, and I think he signed like the soul or something. It was really strange. Wow. So it wasn't like crazy. It was more bizarre. I was like okay, but yeah, beyond that, it's not much. Yeah, I mean, I'd read a crime novel that opened with they found only one shoe. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> there we go. We're off to the races. 
Well, there can be only one, right? So there we go. That's always, it's been about the shoe the whole time. That's a good point. <laughs> so, Grim, how did you get into Highlander uh, to begin with? Uh, this is a good story. Um, it was 2015, and I got this random phone call from um, this woman named Jordan. She was Peter Davis's assistant. And she says, are you Kareem? And I was like, yep. And she says, well, I'm calling from Davis Panzer. Two people on opposite sides of the world recommended you for the same job. And I was like, okay. Like I had no precedent to this. Like I didn't apply for anything. I mean, so what I found out was um, John Mosby of Highlander Worldwide had been asked, you know, if there, is there anybody in LA that knows Highlander? And um, he had reached out to the late, great John Beerley, and John was like, Kareem, it's got to be Kareem. And then they also asked uh, Daryl Kyle and of Texas Steel Props and Replicas, and uh, Daryl was like, Kareem. And so Jordan's just like, who are you that like all these people are asking about you? And I was like, I, I mean, friends in good places, I guess. And right. I, just, I said, what do you guys need? And they said, well, it's not much. We have this storage unit of Highlander stuff. Nobody knows what it is that works here. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, so you're calling from, I mean, at first I was like, this doesn't make any sense, you know, because like you're calling from Davis Panzer, but you don't know Highlander. And um, it wasn't that like Jordan didn't know Highlander, just was she wasn't like super fan or anything like that. So they needed somebody that just knew the stuff because they were just trying to sell the remainder of their merchandise. So I went into the storage unit and I was like, yeah, meet those sword, Duncan sword, you know, this shirt's from like this catalog, that catalog, you know, this is a Highlander one thing. And um, then they were like, great. Do you want to sell all this stuff for us? I was like, sure, I could try and uh, sold all of it. And that got Peter Davis's attention because, you know, Peter was like, the, he, it was his idea to do the whole catalog and merchandise and that's all Peter. And uh, met Peter and we hit it off and we just, he had asked me like, what do you, what do you think is the future of Highlander? And, you know, at the time they were like still working with Fox, I think, or no, no, they were with Lionsgate, but Fox was like interested. And this is Fox, like pre-Disney or anything like that. And um, he just said like, what do you think we can do in the future with Highlander? And I just for an hour went over all these things and he was sold and we tried doing a few projects none of which really panned out for like legal issues but after that it was just like they needed somebody you know that knew highlander and knew what was what was good for it you know because there's there was a lot of stuff in between the series ending and uh well now that wasn't so great you know i mean people had the best of intentions but it just wasn't Highlander, you know, and so they just needed somebody that kind of knew the core, what it could be, and uh, they were just like, do you want to do this? I was like, absolutely. So that's how it happened, and it's been great. I mean, like, beyond just, like, getting to kind of, like, work in it, it's like meeting you guys, and, like, actually, you guys started around the same time I did, or close to it, I think. Yeah, I, I remember right when we started, like, you were posting those, uh, you know, uh, on the shop, on the Highlander, like official shop, like a lot of those swords that I think were from that storage unit. It was like a run. Or was that, that maybe a little bit after? No, 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 you're right. You're right. Because we were doing, um, Daryl had made a run of our season one. Oh, okay. So, um, but then like, it was really, it was just like the right time. You know, it's like you started, Norman Lau started Blood of Kings. I mean, it was crazy just how like the fans started to kind of mobilize online. And, yeah. Uh, it was great so yeah and then just you know getting to go to these conventions and just talking to people about highlander it's the best so so yeah it's been good awesome how did you build that network with uh these other highlander fans that ended up you know highlander luminaries that ended up recommending you oh god um i had met well john Beerley. i had met through the um old reicher highlander forum it was like the community forum for the show or for the distributor at the time when they were actually like, you know, when the show was on air. So I had known John from that and then met him at a convention in, I think it was 2000. It was post like, uh, or 2001, 2002, it was post Endgame. And uh, Daryl Kyle, I met just 
God, I think I was looking for a replica of like the Highlander one sword, the Masamune sword. And uh, it was between him and these other guys. And Daryl called me and he was just like, hey, brother, I'll make you whatever you need. And like, I got the cast, I got everything. And I was just like, all right, I'll take a chance on him. And uh, he made me this like beautiful, like Masamune sword. And uh, he didn't charge me a lot for it. And then from there, he took over um, Sal Dacula, who made the, or who helped make the design with Stephen Gagan, the, the season one sword. He, he took over that business for him. So when Daryl got like legitimate and had his own company, um, we kept, we stayed in touch. And then he started working for Davis Panzer. He was, um, unlike small jobs, like he restored the Kurgan sword case for Russell Mulcahy. And um, they were going to do a run, I think, at some point of those cases. And he was doing like the Kurgan helmets and stuff. So he was already working with Davis Panzer before, you know, anything to do with me. So um, that's kind of how we all, that's how they connected me to Davis Panzer, basically. That's awesome. So like the Kurgan sword suitcase with all like the different parts. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, it was like 25, 30 years old at the time, you know, so it was kind of beat up. And so Daryl told him like, look, if he wants to send me the case, I can do it, but also I can take all these measurements and photograph it. So we can actually like legit sell these. And um, he restored the case and I saw a replica that he did like it was at the Davis Panzer uh, office and uh, it was cool. They could put the sword together. I mean, this thing was a legit prop. It just was like super time consuming and expensive to make. So, but who knows, maybe down the line when <laughs> licenses free up, we can do it or something. So, yeah. Cool. Kareem, what was your introduction to Highlander? Like, was it the show? Was it the movie? Uh, uh, it was, it was Leonard Nimoy, actually. So this is what's so weird. I was like 12, 13. I remember it really well. I was working on like my homework and I always had the sci-fi channel on in the background. And sci-fi used to show like Incredible Hulk at like three o'clock in the afternoon. And I loved like the Bill Bixby Incredible Hulk stuff. And, uh, but occasionally they would show like these like half hour, like here's a movie coming out, you know? And it was some usually cheesy sci-fi thing. Well, this time it was Highlander. It was a making of Highlander by Leonard and narrated by Leonard Nimoy. So I was like, wait, Leonard Nimoy is doing like, who, what is this? And I just started watching it. And it was a basically a promo, half hour promo for Highlander 3. So they kind of like glazed, they never really talked about what Highlander was about. Just like, it was kind of like, you know, Highlander. And they did Highlander 2. And then there's like this new one coming out. So I had heard about, I was like, this is interesting. And just seeing the first movies, like visual aesthetics, I just thought this is really cool. So I got sick. I got like a sore throat, like two or three weeks later. And my dad was like, hey, do you want anything from like Blockbuster? And I was like, there's this movie called The Highlander I heard about. So my dad goes, comes back and he's like, oh my God, like the checkout guy, like he, he, actually he met like the, the atypical blockbuster video guy who's just like oh my god this is like the best movie and like <laughs> watch for this and like transitions and all this kind of stuff and he so my dad was like really hyped for it so uh we watched it and my dad fell asleep but i thought it was pretty good you know it's a cult movie which was where it's like you know this is this is a really cool concept and it's imperfect but like it's cool and you know, Queen and just like everything about that movie. It's just very unique. So I was like, I can't wait to see Highlander 2 because gosh, <laughs> this was pretty fun. So watch Highlander 2 and I was like, okay. Um, well, I wonder what they're gonna do with Highlander 3 to kind of tie all this together. So I was still excited about Highlander 3. So I saw Highlander 3 in the theater and uh, was like, okay, it's like Highlander 1. Like it was a course correction. And then I found out that there was like, a, so back in the day, like a blockbuster, they had this VHS called Highlander The Gathering, which was Christopher Lambert on the cover, but it was the first episode of the series and Revenge is Sweet with the vanity. So I was like, okay, more Highlander, this is great. But it wasn't what like I was used to because it was like Highlander, it wasn't the Highlander movies and stuff. So it took me a little while to get into the series um, just because of that. 
but once I found, like, I started watching the third season, I was, like, plugged in. Like, I couldn't believe, like, how good it was. And uh, then USA started running the reruns, and that was it. I was, like, locked in. All my allowance money was going towards, like, Highlander VHSs, Highlander Swords. It was was pretty great. Awesome. Well, we should talk. Oh, go on, guys. I'll say, what's your most prized piece of Highlander merch if you had to pick one? Oh man, like when I was a kid or now? Your choice, dealer's choice. My most prized piece of merchandise, or it's not merchandise actually. It's uh, Peter Davis gave me his Highlander one poster. It's like the big UK one. Um, oh, that, cool. That's my favorite. That's like, awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was in their production office like forever and when they got rid of the production office, I was like, does anybody like want this? And Peter's wife, who's like a sweetheart, she was just like, yeah, I think Peter, I think Peter wants to hang on to this. And then it was in their storage, like their own storage unit for a while. And then when we were doing the convention, um, I was with Carmel McPherson and we were just like trying to find things to auction. And just like Peter's wife, Katya is just like, oh, by the way, this is for you, you know? And I was like, what? So it's very sentimental. Awesome. Uh, beyond that, I mean, stuff I got as a kid, like when I got the Duncan sword, you know, like the actual one, it was, that's still like, I still have it somewhere and little things like that. And all the stuff that Daryl Kyle makes, like I have a season one from him. That's really great. And um, yeah, yeah. Just that, that stuff. You know? Cool. Was there anything from the catalog that you wanted as a kid that like, I know for me, this is weird. I really wanted the, I'm such a weirdo. I thought that like the Highlander glassware was the coolest stuff. Like I wanted the wine glasses. I'm they, like, I mean, I was like 12 years old, but they were awesome. Well, I got that when I was 12 years old by accident, because if you remember when you got a package from Highlander, it was like Christmas morning, but it was also like, like, you know how we have those like, um, those like those boxes now it's just like random stuff like if you're a marvel fan who's a marvel right fan, you know so they literally like you'd open the box and be like i ordered season two but here's season three and like a bunch of wine glasses and like <laughs> glasses and stockings and stuff that i didn't get that legit happened to me one time and the funny thing was it came it was part of the uh season three box set so i opened it up i'm like oh i got wine glasses i didn't order okay and it comes with all those other the bonus stuff, you know? But the funny thing was what I ordered, the entire season three set, blank tapes. Ah. Like the box and everything, but every tape was blank. So, yeah. <laughs> you should- the, the tape itself didn't have anything on it, like video-wise. Right, right. It was like, they've got the label and they have like, it was in that box that like creates an image, you know? But the actual tapes were, all of them. I went through all like, is it like 13 because it's two two to a tape all black you should record them you should like you should reenact each episode <laughs> right just, just reenact the entire season yeah that's a good idea yeah or take your take sword. And rewind. yeah <laughs> take your sword and have somebody throw the tapes at you in the backyard right that's hey, it's an option it's good for instagram do like a little 30 second thing yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, Highlander catalog back. I mean, that was, I think it's one of the first things I told Peter was just like that catalog, man. That was that was everything, you know. Yeah. Because not many people know. I mean, like Peter, I unfortunately never got to meet Bill Panzer. You know, Bill, Bill Panzer was the creative end. You know, like and the stories I've heard about Bill Panzer, um, a lot of them like just really personal. But we owe the guy a lot more than I think we give him credit. And it's the same thing with Peter too, where God, like, again, like he was the financial and the money end. And he was also the one that came up with like, just like thinking about how you could merchandise this. And everybody thought he was crazy because, you know, this is a syndicated TV show that isn't like that big in the US, big enough, but internationally, you know, it was pretty good. And he just thought, you know what, like this could work. And we can just label, we can put t-shirts and, you know, some stuff from that catalog never even was released. Like um, the original swords they had, I think they had like a version of the Highlander One sword, never released. Like these wow. were all like, but they advertised them as such. Like if you order this, you'll get this. And chest that never came out, um, you know, like, stuff like that. <laughs> what was that? 
I was going to ask about that chess set. That never came out. It's being asked about a lot. Nobody I know has has seen it or gotten it. Six hundred dollars. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like it was one of those things. You're just like seriously, and and uh, but we've been we've been talking about it again lately. So I don't know if the opportunity to sell Highlander series merch happens again. You never know. So make that chess set. Seriously, I love yeah. it. The idea. Yeah. Did you guys all see Parasite? Yeah. Yeah, of course. The, ch- the chess set reminds me of that like rock that they have at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> How heavy it looked. <laughs> <laughs> it looked massive in the catalog. The thing was like really set. The actual like board was like was like it looked like it was at least like four inches tall. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like the idea of like Daryl, like he had, um, Daryl Kyle had texted me about this like a month ago and he was just like, if you were gonna like design this chess set, who like, what would the teams be? Or like, what would each, like, you know, would you have heroes and villains? I'd be like, yeah, obviously. But then who would be like the knight? Who would be like, you know, the king and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, we just went through it all and just seemed really cool. So maybe we'll do it in the future. You know? Yeah, it's definitely a fun medium for this sort of uh, property. So yeah, yeah, there's so much you can do with it. So yeah. cool. Now, I don't know if you uh, can divulge any of this information, Kareem. So speaking of like interesting projects, uh, you know, Highlander's kind of been in limbo ever since Highlander, the source, as far as like it returning to the screen in any sort of way or even some other ways. Uh, you know, is, is there any projects that you can talk about that just never actually happened, uh, but you could let us know that like, oh, this was in the works for a bit, and I don't know. If you can't, that's okay, too. <laughs> a, lot of can't, a lot of can't talk about, um, but somebody asked about a Highlander theme park at one point. Wow. So make of that what you will. Uh, I would love it. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'd like it. Do you think it's Westworld, you know? Just yeah. Exciting, you know? So it could be that. Um, there was, you know, it was more along the lines of like social media and merchandise, you know. Um, we can talk more about the like movie stuff that never happened or series that never happened after. But like for merchandise stuff, uh, we were thinking about doing more Mar- Marto swords again because they made all the swords for, for Highlander, I think from season two or three onward. So, you know, when the catalog started getting kind of kind of up there, they started doing those like, let's etch like quotes into the swords and all this kind of stuff. Right. So you're going to do like a clean version of like, you know, Richie's sword, Duncan's sword, maybe have him do some of the stuff like Cronus' sword, thing, things like that. Um, but Marto like folded and so that never happened. And then like, there was going to be like a watcher form that we were going to do for social media. So that was going to be kind of cool. Everybody's kind of like a watcher and you kind of start to create like new immortal characters online. Um, there was a video game that David and I pitched, or we're gonna pitch the Lionsgate. So that could happen in the future, so I can't talk much about it, but sure. the idea was essentially that we would get all the old writers back, you know, like Gillian, Donna, you know, David, and they would kind of create the world for players to be immortals in, and like scenarios and stuff like that. It was pretty exciting, and I uh, wish you could have done it, but um, I should probably speak to that too, because it's a question that's asked a lot. Sure, uh, totally. Isn't there more Highlander merchandise? And you know what's going on with that? So, um, a good example I like to give is Blade Runner. You know, it took Blade Runner thirty years to come back, and it's because you know, licensing, legal rights, things like that—they're very different now compared to thirty years ago. And with Highlander, it's even more complicated because. Highlander 1 is pretty cut and dry. Highlander 1 is, you know, Davis Pander and Studio Canal. So that, that's fine. So merchandise, as you guys have probably seen recently, that stuff is coming out, you know, little by little. They're kind of holding back a bit also because waiting for the reboot, you know, Strike While the Iron, iron is Hot, you know. With uh, the series, this was the first international syndicated co-production. And so the contracts for that time, which I've seen, not thinking streaming or digital media or dvd anything like that you know so to work out those contracts is tough and it takes a lot of time and a lot of incentive too so you have to think about the fact that like again what's out there right now you know not much until there's a reboot or a new series or a new anything 
what is the incentive to really, really, really kind of like put out, you know, new stuff with new characters or aspects in the series, like the watchers and things like that. I just talked to somebody um, a couple of weeks ago that was interested in doing a Highlander RPG. And I said, well, you could potentially do it, but you got to work in this box. Right. In other words, it's like Highlander one, you know, um, if you want to do like the watchers, which was a big, part of his idea so you gotta wait a little bit so he's gonna wait you know and so that's kind of what's happening right now is that like besides like the blu-rays you know like we have to kind of wait for more merchandise to happen when the time is right sure so yeah are people still excited about highlander like in in these circles in these worlds in which you mean in terms of like like in uh, terms of people that are producing merchandise or people at you know production other production companies or studios like are they still like geared up about highlander being a viable property oh yeah like they want to do more i mean like chronicles a good example like chronicles awesome like they they do some amazing stuff i mean and um they have fans who are passionate about you know highlander in general they want to do more you know and i think they're going to but um but beyond that, it's a question of like, well, what can we do? Can we make swords? Can we make, you know, action figures? You know, like, it's like, they have to work in a box as well. Right. So that type of thing where they're interested. It's just that they want to do specific things, you know? And uh, so that's, that's kind of the issue. And I should also say that, you know, like when somebody buy, like pays for the license for Highlander, um, as long as they work within certain borders, they can kind of do whatever they want. Um, a good example is the American Dream comic that came out by IDW. Um, personally, I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, we weren't, Davis Panzer wasn't let in to the creative end of that. They had an idea, they wanted to go for it and didn't, didn't work out so well, you know? So that actually kind of opened people's eyes more in terms of like, we've really got to get, and in terms of like the licensors going, we really got to get the fans involved and also re-engage Davis Panzer because before they'd just be like, we're putting this out. And we'd be like, maybe you should talk to us in advance of, you know, like spending money to build this stuff, you know? Right. And, and so they're doing that a lot more now. But again, it's kind of like what you mentioned earlier, Keith, where it's like the stuff that's come out, like the audiobooks and things like that. Well, they came out. And even though they got great talent for it, they got all the horsemen back, they got Adrian, you know, stories were up and down, you know. And so that hurts where it's like you want to go back to them and go, we can do it right this time. Right. Like we already took a loss on this. And that's been always like, it's kind of a miracle we have five, six, including the anime, like Highlander movies, given that the one that was the only one that was really profitable was under one though i will say endgame just made a profit as of last year so all right so something. are you gonna get a raise this is exciting yeah. <laughs> i should ask peter it's good, it's good. <laughs> endgame, more like long game right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so oh good no i just said kyle set me up for that one yeah we do what we can uh <laughs> What would be, I mean, you are the, the director of, of new media. What would be your dream new media if, you know, you had, oh. you had the pen and the checkbook and could do whatever? New series. Yeah. I think Highlander works works best as a series, or can work best as a series. I think that movies are great. I mean, like, I can't wait to, like, see what they do, you know, with the Highlander movies, which I think will be a springboard towards probably a new series. But, um, you know, I... I just feel like you can do so much. And, and to talk about, you know, how I got, in, you know, how I discovered Highlander, the thing is that like, even though I loved Highlander 1 and getting into Highlander the series was a little kind of like sketchy at first. Once I got into it, like it's my favorite thing of the franchise. Like, I mean, you can argue aesthetics and production value all day long, but like, man, that, that series, like for its time and what it was trying to do, I give it a lot of credit. I just feel like today, with the way storytelling is, I mean, you could do you could do a lot. So that's totally. that's, that's my thing. Also, I mean, if I'm just just because, I would love to do like another anime or like another animated movie. 
but for the series, like the original series and like those characters or even just highlight, like, I don't want to let those characters go just yet. You know, it's like sure. that world still exists and it's very easy for us to discount the source and uh, you know, even Endgame, like we can just go, you know what, let's just spring off where the series was and just tell a good story about Mythos and Duncan and Amanda and all this kind of stuff, you know? So deep, deep down, I'd like that too. But yeah, and a video game. Sure. And and in both of those, you can maybe make Duncan jump 10 stories in the air or throw a stoplight into a giant TV screen. (laughs) Why not? You know, sky's the limit at that point. Yeah. I feel like animation is like the perfect medium for Highlander because you can go to any any time period and not have to worry about your budget as far as that goes. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. And they did they did those like Adam West Batman DVDs where mm-hmm. they like got Adam West rest in peace like back to do the voice. That would yeah. be so awesome for Highlander. Yeah, I actually went to they were screening the Adam West uh, Batman movies in uh, the, the the animated ones in LA, and like they played really well. I mean, like they were they were great. I mean, Highlander's the same thing. I know the audience is much much sm- smaller, but I mean. Yeah, I mean, you could you could definitely do that. I will say though that there is something really great about live action though for like Highlander because because actors can only act that role for so long. Right. It kind of puts if you if you honored the actor with the character. In other words, like if only Adrian Paul can play this version of Duncan McLeod, it's like okay, like you've got sort of like a timeline, you've got a, a finite amount of time to play that role and also to tell a story about that character and that's it like you don't recast you just kind of like keep it at that so i always right. felt like live action especially with the series you could you could just do that where it's like okay we've got this character let's just like focus on that if we want to spin them off into like animation and stuff or that's fine but really kind of like thinking about like the fact that there's just a fine amount of time that we can really kind of like sell this idea for so long you know because right. Can't deny that Chris Grimer's a little older in 103. Or Endgame, for that matter. What do you think think makes, will make Highlander viable in like 2020 for this audience? Like, is there stuff that you think is absolutely at the core that needs to stay? Is there anything you think should be gone or just should be adapted or? That's a good question. Or to Um, rephrase, like when somebody brings you a project and says, we're thinking about this Highlander thing, what are like the red flags that you look for to say like, uh-uh, that's not like the core Highlander premise? Oh man, okay, those are two separate questions. Okay. So I'm gonna answer the first one, okay, that make it easier. I think for like the, the audience, I mean, Highlander's good as it is. The mythology is good as it is. You just need production value and you need good, strong character work. You, know, you need to do, you need to swing for the fences like they were doing for with some of the episodes of the series. Um, also, as a friend of mine used to say, Highlander's rock and roll, you know, at its core, it's like you can never escape the, the template in some way that Highlander 1 put out. So it's like you want, maybe not necessarily Queen, even though I, I mean, the Queen music is, I listen to it like every week. I mean, like, I love that, that soundtrack. But at the same time, it's like, gosh, like, what if you have another band, you know, that can write songs for this mythology, you know, and have it be its own thing. So I think moving forward, I think that we've got the template, which is really great. And we've got a great mythology. It's just a matter of plugging in new creative talent and new stories, you know, tell, tell new, new tales in that mythology. Um, your other question regarding um, like, the, like, it's more just like, you know, what if we paired Highlander with like Dracula and like, or like the Wolfman, like a team up or, you know, it's, it's like, or let's change this part of the mythology, like the musical thing where it's like, at one point, like, you know, when the musical was being talked about, it was like, hey, do we have to do, do, have to do beheadings? You know, can we, can we change that? And just like, it's a detail, but sometimes it's an important detail. It, it's really just like, if it's not with the mythology or if they're trying to like, just use like portions of Highlander, like, can we just use like, like this character or something and put him in something else. I mean, it's nothing too crazy. I mean, a lot of people, luckily, that contact us, they're fans. 
or they're just admirers of the franchise. You know, it's like they just they just they know it well enough to go like, I think this will work. So that's kind of one of the benefits of being small. You know, there was something that I told. I was sitting around with like John Mosby. Um, I think you guys went to like an improv thing that night, but it was like after the convention. And I think it was Grant Kempster of Highlander Heart. Shout out to Grant Kempster, by the way. He's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, but like, I said, you know, we should really enjoy this time that Highlander is still like a family and small and intimate because when you get as big as like Star Wars and Star Trek, I mean, you, you just like, like we'll have like kittens with Kurgan costumes, you know, it's like that type of thing. Right. It's like, it's going to go somewhere crazy and because it just gets too big. Right. And even though I'm looking forward to Highlander being bigger, there's something to be said about like how intimate and close knit it's been for the last, you know, 30, 30 plus years. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah. I, w- I want a Kurgan kitten cat costume. I- I'm into <laughs> that. Right. Yeah. My parents just got a kitten or a cat, so it would look really good in the Kurgan armor. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to Chronicle about that. They have the original costume right now, so we'll ask them for for a Kurgan kitten. All right. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, what, did anybody ever approach you about like a Maurice spinoff sitcom or anything like that? <laughs> Well, unfortunately, Maurice passed away a couple of years ago, I think. So, but I mean, it was in the works. So. No, nice. <laughs> yeah. okay. actually, like, there was going to be some sort of like team up with all the inspectors that were in season one. That'd be yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. So we're still, still trying to get that one going. Maurice could have a cooking show too. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. So what is kind of on the uh, on the horizon is there is there the something coming down the pipe that highlander might uh become as big as some of these other fandoms or uh... i mean like that reboot that's i mean we got so lucky with getting chad stelsky and the guys at 8711 i mean like they're they're incredible and um it was a dream come true for me because about i think it was a few months before i started working at davis panzer um, John Wick had come out and I dragged a friend of mine who's a writer to see this movie knowing nothing about it just going like look I've heard just the, like the the small like log line for it guy has car stolen dog killed seeks revenge I was like this is a perfect movie like guy. <laughs> and so we were like blown away by it it was the last time I've been in a theater for a non-franchise movie at that point. So again, like a movie that's just like, you don't know what, you're not going into it with characters you know. It was the last time where I was in a theater in LA and people clapped at the end for a movie. Like wow. it really, it was really well done. And what was incredible too was the world building of, of John Wick, you know? Like it was, it was really well done. They keep just kind of adding layers to it. So even before they had wanted to do Highlander, they were thinking Highlander in a way. And um, I remember Peter coming to me and going like, hey, there's like 10 teams that are interested in like doing Highlander. And these were all like, you know, directors of certain acclaim, you know, nothing like super massive. It wasn't like Chris Nolan wanted to do a Highlander movie, although that would be interesting, you know, but like it was just directors who were up and coming and just like, I see Highlander being like this, or I see like, you know, they had, you know, like with a lot of pitches, there's always like, let's do Highlander meets the Magnificent Seven or something. Right. And they all were interesting, but they weren't a reboot, you know? And you guys know, like, how long has it been since the source? It's been uh, 2000. Was that 2007 maybe, or a little later? Yeah. It's been a while. There's been a lot of reboot scripts and things like that. And um, they were all terrible. Like they were just bad, like for a variety of, of reasons. They just were trying to change things just to change them. Mm. And, um, but the great thing about uh, Chad's team that, that I've just kind of the bits and pieces I've seen, and he's been, I mean, what you go, what you guys know, we know in, in a certain sense, you know, in terms of what his plans are and how he sees Highlander. It was the first time where I was like, somebody gets it. Like somebody gets that this can be a world and a fascinating world you know, with every character being unique and having these amazing backstories and things like that. And I can't speak to the tone of what it's going to be just yet, but I will say that they're really focusing on character 
which I thought was fantastic. And um, really kind of getting into like, you're making a movie, you know, that's, that's, and it's a reboot, but you're looking at it, you're looking at the original film with like clear eyes going, okay, this is what worked. This is what didn't. We need to honor what worked, fix what didn't, but also like make it viable for an audience today. But I think Highlander is always viable. I think it's been viable from the beginning. It's just, it's just the small things have kind of made it cult, you know, and, and things of that nature. Like I read, I read the original script for Highlander One uh, by Bellwood and Ferguson, and that script, if you just shot that thing, there's more character in that, you know, there's more backstory. That would have been a, if it, if it might have still been a under the radar film, but it would have been thought of not cult, but as like, no, this is actually a really damn good movie, you know? So, um, you know, and again, like, I think the benefit of Highlander moving forward, especially if there's like a new series or something like that is, especially in the world today, like we need perspective and you've got characters that are hundreds, thousands of years old. I was talking to um, the head of, uh, games at Lionsgate because at one point they were going to make another Highlander game and he's a big Highlander fan and um, we were just I was telling I was telling him I was like have you ever thought about the characters you could have in a game you know they're the same as in like a Highlander movie but you can have a guy who's a monk now that was a general you know 600 700 years ago or you could have a guy that is a complete racist in the 1800s and owned slaves and you see that guy living in this world today. And that doesn't mean that he's not a racist or maybe is maybe he's not anymore. Like it's talking about being human, but having, you know, time to really look at the world and and uh, look at look at it from an objective perspective versus always just like subjective and emotional and you know. So I think Highlander has the potential to be just something really, really special and, and really informative, you know. It's just it's got to take, again, like the right people and uh, the right backing to get it off the ground. Yeah. Cool. But it's possible. Yeah. I feel like it could absolutely be one of those like Monday morning shows like Game of Thrones was where like, you know, the next day people are talking about Highlander like they yeah. were Game of Thrones. Yeah, you know, that's how I see it. The final season thing happening. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. notwithstanding, yeah, yeah, no, no, like I, I, I totally, I totally feel that way too. I think that the concept of Highlander, the dramatic irony, that's that's part of it, which is just that these these individuals get to live their lives free of you know worrying about age, but at the same time they're saddled with you know having everything they love around them die. At the same time, it's kind of liberating to be able to reinvent yourself, era to era, you know. Unfortunately, though, every single day you wake up, you could die. And so I think that, like, to, to your point about it being like that Monday morning sh show, it's like there can be only one, you know? And how does that, how does that work for certain characters in this, in this universe? And uh, Bill Panzer always used to say, like, what he wanted for Highlander, especially the series, was that you turn a corner and you wouldn't know what was around that corner. And in certain respects, I think Hunter did that, maybe not in the way that he was referring to, but, but this idea that like, you don't know, like not only what's going to happen, you don't even know the characters that you're watching right now. Like Mythos is the best example of that. It's just like, this guy seems really chill and like total pacifist. And you find out like he's murdered tons of people. It's <laughs> right. an understatement, but that's, you know, it's, it's that where it's just like, how do you go from that to now and it's it's a fascinating idea it really is so yeah that's the way i see it awesome yeah i mean those kind of like redemption not even just redemption stories but you know these kind of past sin kind of stories are also just so in the the moment right now as we kind of yeah. all collectively grapple with societal ills and you know past wrongdoings of individual celebrities for example right yeah, and so forth. Like we are literally as a society grappling with these things, and in something like Highlander, you can have the maximalist version of that. You know? Yeah. No, totally. It's like in this era of like cancel culture, it's like what if you just couldn't cancel someone? 
because even if you cancel them, they could be back in 50 years. You know, it's like <laughs> you can't get you can't get rid of these guys, you know, in the way that that we try to with just, you know, regular human beings. It's like I think that, you know, there's something to say. I mean, Highlander has a lot to say about the world as it is and also what it was before. And uh, you know, is that great the Darius thing? You know, what, what is it to to um, forget who I was to forget who I am? You know, it's like that character loved playing chess. You know, it's like he loved it because like he still was a warrior. He still doesn't forget where he came from, but he understands it from a different way. He understands what it leads to. You know, and I think that that is inherently interesting. You know, so. awesome. Do you guys have any other questions before we start to wrap up, Kyler Raymond? Would you Would you want to be immortal, Kareem? Ooh. I've heard this question asked. I think every every chronicle. Um, I think the answer is usually no. But given the right stipulations, sure. I mean, I think that uh, again, if you could be of the right age, so you're not Kenny, and you're yeah. not like you know 120. You know, <laughs> it's like if you're at the right time, I mean, it's gonna suck. A lot of it's gonna suck, but. I kind of see things like the way Mythos does, where it's just like, you know, you, you live life with, you live life for the experiences, you know, not for necessarily at the, the end game, you know, like you kind of got to live it for the now. And I think that it'd be very interesting, you know, I wouldn't want there to to be like, there can be only one, you know, I wouldn't want right. to actually be in like, you know, that, 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 that would be really, really scary. But if we're just talking about being an, an immortal, yeah, there's something to it, you know, so, yeah. Cool. I dig it. Well, Kareem, well, before we let you go, uh, you, you have some some news you'd like to drop on us? Yes. I have very exciting. Week. So you guys are getting Russell Mulcahy. Hey! He wrote Whoa. me up to your podcast. So maybe he'll be this, the number 22. Wow, nice. and now he's got a tough guest to follow up. Yeah, you know? I told him that you're going to have a lot of Razorback questions for him. <laughs> of course. What? was into Razorback. <laughs> Razorback was fun. Yeah, no, no. I mean, as long as you ask him a question about the shadow. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I fucking but, love the shadow. I love the shadow. So I will definitely ask him about the shadow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you. Awesome, Kareem. Well, thank you very much. We're extremely excited about that. Sure, sure. Brilliant. Yeah, it's amazing. You demand Kareem. Cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it. But thank you guys. I mean, seriously, like, like I was saying earlier, like you, Blood of Kings with Kevin Reitzel, you know, Highlander Heart with Grant Kempster. Um, Grant's been around for a long time doing yeah. Highlander. I mean, really appreciate like everything that he's done over the last, like, you know, gosh, a couple decades, maybe. I yeah. Know. I mean, it feels so weird. We're like the new kids on the block. Yeah. Like, people have yeah. existed in this fandom. Uh, I mean, like when I was a kid watching the show, I don't think I had a computer. Like I couldn't, <laughs> right. I, I didn't go on like a forum or anything. Uh, so it, it feels like I'm an outsider a lot of times uh, yeah, to the whole no, world. I was the same way. I, ra I racked up a massive internet bill because of Highlander. That <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, was not the happiest, but it was worth it. Worth it now, you know. But, I, but no, seriously, like I think, I think that uh, just we were just very fortunate to have just all of us kind of come up around the same time, you know, around the fandom, and uh, you know, Highlander fans are some of the smartest people I've ever met. Period. I mean, again, this is a testament to being a small group. When I meet them, they're always very insightful. And um, social media has made it so much easier to connect with these people. And the fact that, like, you guys are doing these podcasts and, like, reminding people, like, about the franchise, but also seeing it from, like, a very modern perspective. Right. You know? It's like, I like, I like especially with, with your podcast, that you guys are frank you know <laughs> but also like i remember when you guys did the uh, wrath of kali um one like the review the rewatch and kyle said some stuff where i was just like yeah man like that's I'll that's what it's about so <laughs> nice to have that that sort of just like that kinship you know amongst fans that's not just like we love the same thing in a different way it's like no we love it all for the same reasons and we're also we can also laugh at it for the same reasons and sure. it, it's just it's awesome so thank you yeah well as you said kareem like you know that highlander as a property like makes commentary about how we exist today and also how we existed in the past and our rewatch of that you know is part of that like interest because 
we get to see what the show thought of you know a uh, current cultural uh you know uh cultural morality or whatever it would be uh then and now how do we view that today so like it never really stops giving which is good even if we don't agree with it or we don't like the way something was filmed like there's always something that we're getting out of it as fans which is cool yeah yeah and that fashion that 90s fashion i love oh, it beautiful give me this all, baby all that denim's coming back too right yeah. so don't think it's the king of watch in the future and just totally different perspective yeah i will say like not to drag this out but one thing one like big piece i got of, nowhere to be so you can drag it out for as long as you <laughs> one big piece of feedback we get like from i think a majority of the people that listen to our show and that also like highlander is that they're glad we can like kind of make fun of it and kind of poke at some of the more dated aspects yeah and I think that's really impressive just because being it being a star wars fan (laughs) there's a lot of negativity and like kind of you know not to call stars but a lot of people (laughs) exactly like people not not like liking people kind of poking the holes in it a little bit yeah i find that interesting that at least with a lot of our listeners they they kind of welcome that kind of constructive feedback um yeah yeah i think that's true i think that you know, every time I've gone to a Highlander convention, um, working for Davis Panzer, and people are coming up to me going, I have this idea for this, or I have this idea for that, you know, they're, it's interesting that they all sort of like, they understand that, like, this is what it was, and they all have ideas for what it could be, you know, but they also know that, like, all right, Richie's green jacket, I mean, you know, like, there's certain things you just, you cannot, you know, and like, there's always going to be that stuff, but I, I really appreciate that the fans have an open mind. And I think they have to continue to. I think, you know, like we're talking about Star Wars and Star Trek, you know, like those types of fandoms. It can be rough. You can get into some big fights, especially now with the stuff that's coming out for those, you know, and not to speak of like what I think of those, you know, or anything like that, but like seeing how the fans react is, it's sad sometimes to see the schisms. And I'm really hoping with Highlander that when there's something new, like officially like a new series or a new, you know, like film, that people, the original fans, you know, the ones that we have right now, our, our Highlander family, as like we like to call it, like that they enjoy it and that they can like it and also still kind of keep what came before as it's still there. It's still what it was and it's still precious and it's always going to be what it is. But I'm really hoping for the future that they're, they're also open to, you know, what comes next that they're excited for, you know, that's not like we're taking away or that we're changing. It's just like, this will be a new thing and we'll have new fans too. And that's going to be a totally new thing. It's going to be very different. So like I always say, remember, remember this time, remember when it was small, right? You guys could get very busy in the future. So hey, hopefully fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, Green. Well, that's a great note to end on. Uh, I don't know if you want to stick around for a few minutes after we all say goodbye. We could chat a little bit uh, yeah. privately. Uh, but thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, we hope all the listeners out there really enjoyed uh, listening to Cream's perspective from someone who's, you know, inside uh, the production of New Highlander stuff, which is very cool. Uh, so, again, during this time, we hope everybody's safe out there. Uh, we're with you. And uh, we hope, you know, this podcast provides you a little, uh, you know, comfort uh, as we're all quarantining and dealing with some very stressful times and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so thanks again, Kareem, for joining us. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. I'm Kyle. This is Eamon. And, and Kareem, where can people find uh, your online presence? Oh, yeah. The Key Highlander online presence. Oh, man. Um, plug, well, I don't, personally, I don't have a, like much of like a social media, but you can check out our Facebook, um, just the Highlander Facebook. But also, um, we've started the Highlander Instagram, and we have a ton of photos that people haven't seen. So that's building pretty fast. And uh, yeah, check us out there, highlander.official. Definitely. Yeah, those pictures are really cool. I like how, Kyle, I, I'm doing the goodbyes, and you're just like, nope, putting an end to it. We gotta, I got a question. <laughs> so hey, that, so now what do I do? Do I go back around? You want to do this again? What's that? I'm just teasing. <laughs> they know who we are. Exactly. All right, well, thanks, everybody, again for uh, listening this week. We'll see you next week with another uh, exciting episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.
just make sure to plop that video on. Maybe. All right. In the meantime, we get treated to this sweet, sweet walker symbol. Right? Hunter dash official. And start a video because the host has stopped it. What? He, what did he, I do? Oh, I didn't. Uh oh. All right. Let's redo it. We, we can do it again. <laughs> Should we do it again? Up to you guys. I mean, sure. I mean, it's fine. Whatever, whatever's yeah, better. Let's, let's do that again. Sure. Great. Because I fucked it up. Why not? All right.